No idea what episode this is, but uh, I see. But we don't do this. Don't let him corrupt you. We don't make our picks right away because then the radio show is over in about ten minutes. Well, there's a couple of things I want to talk about. <laughs> and he's at it again. <laughs> and the bears are like, well, we've got Bob Evelini. I haven't heard an answer yet, Joe. And he, you're not going to hear one from him. <laughs> That's, That's not how this show works, old man. <laughs> Herbert, Herbert is pronounced a bear. Oh, no, it's Herbert. No, it's a bear. By the way, I have to apologize. You guys, her writer Jay was right about Justin Herbert. It is Herbert. <laughs> All right, welcome to Surviving the Ground. We've been uh, we've been hiding underground for a little while. Um, too much has happened. Uh, COVID in full swing. Um, league still going on as scheduled somehow, uh, despite everything. And um, and we were introduced to some pretty good matchups last week. Um, uh, my personal favorite, obviously, being the Cleveland Browns game that panned out pretty well in the end uh, for me in the city of Cleveland. And, uh, not so good for people in Chicago. <laughs> but I digress about talking about the past. Um, I'd like to introduce my father, of course, uh, Joey Dante, who's here with me. Hi, Jay. Hey. So, yeah, we... Uh, while Chicago was not given much of a treat this weekend, we've we've been given what should be some pretty uh, interesting games up ahead. Um, where do you want to start? What game do you want to start with? Actually, I, I just want to make a quick comment about uh, <clears throat> last week's games. Yeah, uh, we did have a few good games. Uh, the one involving our local heroes, the Chicago Bears was not one of them <laughs> as usual <laughs> the rare times that the bears get in the playoffs uh their rallying cry is one and done <laughs> <laughs> well i told i told um if the prophecy worked out as a as i had uh, told bartek i had told him that you know yeah, if the Bears managed to sneak their way into the playoffs, they would quickly sneak their way back out. <laughs> yeah. So, so that panned out about as well as, as well, well as I, I see that. Well, I see the NFL had a lot of respect for the Bears because they, uh, you know, different games they go on national TV and different stations, and they put the Bears on Nickelodeon. You know, I actually, you know, it's funny. I ended up hearing that that was a pretty successful broadcast. Yeah. All things. Considered just because obviously it was super engaging and and everything, but it's kind of sad though that the most excitement that your team drums up is that everybody <laughs> loved your perf- loved that. Is that when somebody scored a touchdown on you, they did an ooze celebration in the end zone? <laughs> that was yeah. the most exciting thing about really? the day. But yeah, the Bears got their work cut out for them because uh, you know it's that age old thing where. If you're really horrible, truly horrible, you know, you're the Jets, for example, um, you know, this, somebody like that, well, then, you know, you're going to get a really high draft pick. And hopefully if you you uh, make some good decisions, you, know, you can try to get the ship back and, and, and course. But the problem with the Bears is the, they don't really get a high draft pick. When they do get a high draft pick, they blow it. 
And they're not going to get a high draft pick. They're going to be middle of the pack. You know, they were 8-8 eight and eight and lost right away in the playoffs. So they're going to be middle of the pack. And, yeah. of course, they didn't make any moves, which we'll probably talk about later. But um, So they got their work cut out for If you're a Bear fan, uh, it's not a good time for you. <laughs> to, quote a, to quote Chuck Schumer, the new majority uh, Senate leader, buckle up. <laughs> I don't know if I need to buckle up for the Bears. Maybe try to take some no-dose tablets. (laughs) I mean, I guess buckle up for the shit show, I guess. It's more what I had in mind. To buckle up so I don't fall out of my chair when I fall asleep watching them. Yeah. Well, so we got some good games coming up this week. Uh, we do. We'll we'll circle back around to Chicago. Let's Um, let's take the easy ones. Let's take the easy ones. you got Los Angeles Rams are at the Green Bay Packers. And certainly the Rams have been surprising. They really got there, obviously, because of their defense. The offense is kind of middling. But the defense has been fantastic. But, you know, you're at Green Bay. And Green Bay, uh, of course, they they can have an off day. The Rams can win this game. But um, Packers are big favorites. And and I have very little doubt that uh, they'll not have a lot of problems with the Rams. Uh, The offense is unstoppable right now. Yeah, I wouldn't imagine uh, much of an issue. Uh, realistically, they put on, you know, the Rams put on a good show uh, against the Seahawks last week. Um, and and uh, as I've thought lately, um, and, and I've been telling, you know, some Packer fans around here, I mean, realistically, I think this really is um, a year that they could, they could really expect to get there. Um, everything seems to be turning their way. They've got they've got good tight end play. Rodgers is playing with a huge chip on his shoulder. Uh, Devontae Adams is having a career year. Um, he's always got he's always able to lean on his running game. He's got uh, Valdez Scandling, um, and they just um, I don't know with the new coaching scheme and being able to kind of play two different kinds of football that. Aaron Rodgers brings to the game, and their coach Lafleur brings to the game. Realistically, that they've really showed up as a as a huge contender for the NFC. I totally agree, and uh, like I say, the interest in this game is going to be if, if Green Bay has an off day. You know, a couple of ago they had a really off day, and uh, they went to uh, Tampa Bay and, and really got killed. Tampa Bay beat them thirty eight to ten. And the score was, and the game was not as close as the score indicated either. Uh, <laughs> so they, they can have an off day, and that's yeah. what that's what's the interest in this game. The Rams can win, but Green Bay's a heavy favorite. And uh, if yeah. things proceed as they now, obviously the Packers' weakness is their run defense. Yeah. They have a very difficult time stopping the run, and the Rams, frankly, have been running the ball pretty good. Uh, Cam Akers has really come on now in the last uh, month. I was gonna uh, say my pretty fan much it, taken my... over. <laughs> My fantasy team would would speak otherwise to the Rams' running game the last several <laughs> weeks, but but yes, you're right. Well, uh, Aker, Akers really has come on, you know, post fantasy. Chairs until a month ago. <laughs> it's been musical so, chairs until about three weeks ago. Yeah, really. Well, of I, Cam, I remember Cam. Cam had a huge game, you know, and he had like twenty, I don't know, twenty-seven or fantasy points, whatever. And I miraculously picked him up in our family league, and I, I put him in, and they proceeded to get four points that week. <laughs> that was our big, you know, week 16 finale. Well, am I, am I, so am I, never know. am I to believe here that we're, 
we're we're both going Green Bay here. Yeah, you, you got it. If you're a betting person, I don't know if they're going to make the point spread or not. We'll have to see. But you'd have to go with Green Bay, and that offense just seems unstoppable right now, as as you had mentioned. Uh, it'd be hard to bet against them. Well, then let's go ahead and let's uh, let's let's talk about the game that's going to lead to uh, what we believe will be the Packers' eventual foe. You've got the Bucks at the Saints, uh, divisional matchup. Uh, I know we were you were researching before the game Saints had handedly won both matchups, um, but but the Bucks are uh, Bucks are an interesting team under Brady. You really don't know which one you're going to get. Yeah, that's a really key point, Jay. Uh, you don't know who you're going to get. Now they lost in Week One to the Saints, thirty-four to twenty-three, and what became evident right then is you were wondering, wow, you know, it's going to be a rocky time for Brady. You know, they couldn't do anything offensively. Uh, you know, the points they got, the 23 points, I think most of them was in garbage time. Uh, I think the Saints were up like 34 to 10 or something like that. But uh, And then they played them again a few weeks ago. And, of course, you know, the Saints defense has been playing much better. I mean, they were always decent, but they were playing much better the last half of the year. So people were speculating they were going to blow out this, the Buccaneers. And, boy, they sure did, 38 to 3. Uh, so, once again, I mean... <laughs> Tampa Bay could win the game. You know, Tom Brady, obviously one of the greatest of all time. We'll have to see who shows up. He's got a plethora of receivers out there. Yeah, theoretically can have some running game here. But, man, the Saints defense really ramping it up this last uh, couple of months. And I think the offense has got plenty of weapons as well. So, uh, but, but the Buccaneers, yeah, I'll tell you, the Buccaneers have not, offensively, the Buccaneers have not had many problems this year other than the Saints. Just those two yeah. times they played the Saints, they were totally the stymied. <laughs> well, they, they lost to the Bears, but they, you know, they got 19, I think. It was, it was, yeah. I think. I think it was 20 to 19 or something like that. They lost by yeah. a point. <clears throat> but uh, you got to go with the Saints big time. And uh, even though the Buccaneers are, are coming on, have a good team, Tom Brady, but and the Saints D and, and the offense, it's really a complete team. I gotta go with the Saints big time on this one. Yeah, I think uh, also given the the fact of uh, them being the home team, you know, it, it it saddles up a bit with along with the offense that is running as it always has, and now with their with their weapons back in control, the defense um, that has come into its own. Um, you know, I don't you don't sit there and think necessarily automatic like Super Bowl teams but you know but certainly teams with the possibility to get to where they need you know at least getting to the game to to play for it um both teams motivated by older quarterbacks um which is always a, an interesting struggle I know whoa I know that they were talking about um uh they're talking about Drew Brees and um Tom Brady were talking about their History Channel rematch. Um, so that'll be interesting. Going out to the bar for a drink while, <laughs> while you're nattering on. <laughs> well, folks, well, we, we managed to, to lose my father mid-analysis mid, mid uh, last round. So uh, thanks, thanks, clean feed. Um, so, I think you were, you were talking, right? So why don't you yes. continue on? Um 
I think the the one the interesting thing that they were joking about was obviously Drew Brees and Tom Brady being um, older quarterbacks. They're talking about their their matchup in the playoffs being you know a History Channel you know special or something. Um, you know, two super veteran quarterbacks. I'm not sure, but isn't this? I think it was the first playoff game where both quarterbacks are over 40, isn't it? Um, I, I always keep forgetting if Drew Brees is. Yeah, he's 41, I think. Hmm. Well, then now that I would have to imagine so. And also the first time I think the two of them, I would imagine the first time the two of them have either have ever met each other in, uh, you know, playoffs slash yeah, Brady Super Bowl was, contention. Yeah, Brady was in the other conference, so he would not have played him in the playoffs before. Yeah. A regular season game, yeah, but not, not the playoffs. Um, so yeah, so no, I, I don't think it needs, I think you've done most of the analysis with that one. I think that that one has to, uh, I have to go with the Saints on that one. Um, do you have any last thoughts on that before we move to the AFC? No, let's go to the AFC. You got a couple of, that's where you've got some really good games coming up. Yeah, there's definitely some interesting possibilities. I think the most, the one that might take less time to analyze is probably Cleveland at Chiefs. Uh, I think that's the Sunday afternoon game. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I know you're a big uh, puller for the Browns, and uh, you know I like them too, but uh, they've really been playing well. They played an inspired game, and they just overwhelmed Pittsburgh, and I went up 28-zip in the first quarter, and it was just too much to, uh, to come back from. Uh, but you know, Kansas City, you know, they're fourteen and, and two, and that second loss they just kind of gave away. They had all their starters on the bench at yeah, the last game of the year. It, it's hard to bet against Kansas City. I mean, they legitimately only lost one game all year, and uh, you know that offense. Uh, we talk about unstoppable. I mean, they they're pretty close to unstoppable, and the defense has been playing much better too this year. So once again, you, you got to make them a heavy favorites. But you know, Cleveland, they're the the poster child of that underdog team, you know, the, they certainly could win if Kansas City has an off day. But, yeah, the problem is you have to play too perfect. Now you saw what happened, um, who was it, the Texans, I think, was it a year or two ago? They got up like 24 to nothing on Kansas City in a playoff game. Yeah. And they lost. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, you got to try to hold them for 60 minutes, and it's just too hard to do. Uh, you know, probably 19 times out of 20, it's just too hard, too hard to do. Yeah, and I think the, the the only hope I think Cleveland has uh, lies within the inspiration of the game. Um, you know, you're hoping that that they just clear uh, the Chiefs being kind of rested and having kind of an off game the last week of the of the season. Um, you know, just kind of resting it up. You're hoping maybe they come in just a little too rusty, and you're hoping that Cleveland just is absolutely fired up. And then I guess the other thing that that you have going for you is the Chiefs' run defense versus um, how insane the the Cleveland Browns' running attack has been in eating up clock, eating up yards, and and gaining points. Um, their offensive line was was touted as number one by pro football focus. Um, so they've been doing some great stuff. And I know you were talking about them playing inspired. I mean, it was, uh, it was a Baker, Baker Mayfield with no sacks 
no interceptions and I think it was three touchdowns, I want to believe. Yeah, Baker Mayfield has really played a lot better this year than he has in the prior years. Uh, not only has he been elusive and getting the ball out quicker, but he's been extremely accurate. And I have to admit, I've been pretty impressed by Baker Mayfield this year, where I, I really was not the last couple of years. I'm really hoping, I just, I know the Chiefs, to be honest to God, truth about this game is that the reality is no matter who wins it, I like I like both teams. Um, I, I I love Mahomes, Hill, Edwards, Hilaire, and every, I, you know, I like the Chiefs. And, you know, and Andy Reid, and, and realistically, I look at it and I go, if they win, and they win a Super Bowl again, you know, I, at least I'm watching someone to take over, you know, the new dynasties and everything with Mahomes. Um, but obviously, I, <laughs> you want to watch some, you want to watch some things burn over the weekend. Uh, just wait and see if Cleveland ends up winning that game. Well, that's the thing, and I think Cleveland is a little sentimental favorite. Uh, that's why I wouldn't mind seeing them win. Um, you know, you think about it, I, I, memory serves me right. I mean, I don't want to bet my life on it, but as I, off the top of my head, I think there's only two teams in the NFL that have never been in the Super Bowl, and the Browns are one of them. Which seems weird due to their past recognition, you know, before yeah. the Super Bowl. In fact, ironically, the other team is the Lions, or coincidentally is the Lions, because, you know, both in the 1950s, both Cleveland and Detroit uh, there were holy tears in the NFL. You know, winning championships left. If Cleveland didn't win it, then Detroit was winning in the 50s for pretty mm-hmm. much most of the decade. But um, since then, from about 1960 on, which granted is 60 years now, neither one of them's done a thing. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> you know, as much as a as much as I want to be starry eyed about hoping that Cleveland goes in there and takes care of business. Well, I gotta say, I mean, if they if they were to win this game, I think this is gonna be the hardest game they play, getting getting through the rest of the playoff and even the Super Bowl. I think honestly, this would be the toughest game for them to play if they do manage to win. I think probably, the next matchups would be actually less than the Chiefs. <laughs> well, that's probably true. It's just that when you pull, let's say they pulled an upset, it'd be wonderful for them. But it just it's hard to repeat. See, that's the problem. You know, they may be playing at a very high, much higher level and overachieving and beat the Chiefs, then you don't want to have a letdown, you know, the yeah. next week or, or in the Super Bowl. Yeah. So that, that's really the thing. you got to stay high. Each week of the playoffs and the Super Bowl, you have to stay on a high, and it's it's hard to do. And it's kind of the mark, one of the marks of a champion is, you know, they, talk, they call it peaking at the right time, but it's like, you know, keeping that enthusiasm, that energy level, that hunger, well, and, and this the whole playoffs. Well, yeah, and let's and let's be honest. I, I I have no doubt in my mind that it's super possible that you know if you don't catch the game in the first hour and you jump in an hour into that game and the Chiefs are up, you know, twenty eight to three, I, I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest. Well, no, and, that, and that's the thing. You'll you'll see uh, right away what's going to happen. You know, if the Browns get up, if they're up fourteen nothing. Even twenty-one nothing, it's going to be a good game because you're going to see Kansas City try to fight back. Kansas City goes up twenty-one nothing. Yeah, say you might as well go out and shovel snow or something like that because <laughs> you're just wasting 
another hour and a half of your time. So we'll, we'll know right away if it's going to be a good game or not. You know, what's interesting, too, is that uh, obviously these playoff games are fun to watch. I like doing it. and uh, But the problem is the overall majority of time, if you look at the past history, the overall majority of time we play have all these playoff games, and the two teams that meet in the Super Bowl, more than 50% of the time, are the two number one seeds in each conference. Yeah. So, you know, over the course of the year, the teams really kind of sort themselves out. And there are exceptions, no question. That's why we watch, you know. There can always be the upset. There can be an exception. And that's what makes it exciting. And maybe this game will be one of those. Well, then let's talk about a more, uh, a little more evenly matched uh, game in terms of, uh, in terms of statistics. Um, so the Ravens um, at Bills uh, is a little more of a. That's I think in my mind, obviously, I think that's a bit more of a toss up. Um, that might be that might be the most contested game of the four, to be honest. As the as the I don't know what's going to happen. Oh, I I totally agree. Although you could have an upset in the other games. I mean, I, I think the three the three other games there's a heavy favorite, but this one here is the game of the week for me. And I, you know, it may get proven wrong in the final score, but on, on paper, this looks to be a fantastic matchup. Um, Ravens look like they're really starting to peak. And they went through some tough times earlier in the year, but they're really starting to peak. And, of course, the Buffaloes are, are peaking, too. And neither one of these teams could easily go to the Super Bowl. Uh, Buffalo, I, you know, Buffalo, their defense obviously is decent. You know, they're doing fairly well. But their offense uh, has really been in high gear. And, and it's really due to the quarterback, Allen. Uh, you know, and I saw it once again. It's kind of like Baker Mayfield. Not that they're the same quarterback type, but... The last couple of years, I thought, you know, he's got a lot of tools. He's good, but, you know, it looks pretty raw and very inaccurate. Man, this year, his accuracy is supreme. Tremendous scrambling ability. Uh, reads the whole field. It just a complete turnaround. And I do. I know he's done a lot of work in the offseason. I've heard it on, on the news. But, um, boy, I mean, Allen, the quarterback, has just been sensational. Uh, they're really lucky to, that they picked him and seem to have developed him properly. And, you know, to me, he's going to be, uh, well, him and, and, of course, Lamar Jackson, you know, the quarterback for the Ravens. The quarterbacks, are, I think, are going to are going to decide this thing. Well, and uh, the Bills, obviously, uh, Stephon Diggs and, uh, and Cole Beasley have both been uh, highly instrumental in the passing game that they've managed to put together. I mean, Diggs, obviously, being um, an absolute monster. In Buffalo, um, and uh, and honestly, even more recently, the Ravens' receivers really coming into their own. Uh, I know Hollywood Brown's been uh, has, has seen a lot more paint than he's used to. Um, so you know, Jackson not only doing it with his legs, and obviously the Ravens are mainly known for their ground game, whether it's him or um, or Dobbins or you know, uh, the whole host of characters in the backfield. Um, and a lot of predictions out there had, had really had the Ravens kind of taking this one away. I think I still felt as though I thought the Bills had an edge. Yeah, I. this is, like I say, is by far the most competitive game on, on paper, and I'm not betting on this game, you know, at any of my betting sites. <laughs> but... 
if you got to pick somebody, I, I'd have to go with the Bills. And frankly, it's because of uh, what I mentioned before, Allen just playing so fantastic. The defense coming on and the fact that they're the home team, you know, I, a lot of times you think, well, home field doesn't mean that much because there's no fans in the stands. Maybe in a few stadiums, they have a few fans. But to me, it, it's still a, it's still a deal, you know, because you're comfortable in your surroundings, you know, you're sleeping in your own bed, that kind of thing. I, I still think home field advantage matters. But certainly, uh, it's it's kind of almost a toss up. But I'd have to I'd have to give the edge if I'm in a survivor pool. Yeah, I'd have to go with the Bills if I had to pick you know a team in this game. All hey, right. Well, you, one one thing yeah. before you move on, I want I have yeah. to get this on tape here. Yep. Speaking of survivor pools, you know, every year for the last I don't know five years or so, I played on this and this. Uh, well, this year it's called the MGM Resorts Vegas Contest. It's on Yahoo. And it's free, you know. I guess there's a award you win, like a, you know, weekend stay somewhere in Las Vegas at a hotel. But anyway, normally, so you have to pick a team every week that you think will win their game. You're 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 certain they're going to win, and if you're wrong, then you're out. You're done for the year. But if you are correct, then you go on to the next week. Then you got to pick another team who you you know you think is going to win. So you can be eliminated. You got 17 tries. You could be eliminated. Yeah. And typically, there's so many upsets in the NFL. Typically, I'm eliminated like by week three. And last year, I thought, boy, those games, you know, not quite so many upsets in the games I was picking. I made it all the way to week 10. I got eliminated in week 10. So I thought, well, you know, we'll try again. Well, this year, if you can believe it, I went all 17 weeks and did not lose a game. Wow. And I'll tell you, it gets to be, thank you, thank you. It gets to be pretty hard because I think starting in week 12, you got to pick two teams every week. Oh, jeez. And if you lose on either one, you're out. So from weeks 12 to 17, maybe it's 13 to 17, you have to pick two teams to win and either one and you're out. And then, of course, you can't pick the same team twice in a year. So yeah. you say, oh, well, I'll pick Kansas City every week. No, you can only pick them one time all year, and that's it. Then they're done. So, you know, you got to week 17, and I'm like, I wonder if I can win any game based on the teams I got left. You know, <laughs> I, you, know you used all your good teams. So I, I actually was – I picked Washington over Philadelphia. <clears throat> I don't like to pick Washington. And luckily they did win, of course. But, you know, a big factor was Philadelphia taking out their starting quarterback, Hurts. In the fourth quarter, <laughs> I breathed a huge sigh of relief when that happened, and uh, <clears throat> forgot the other the other game. I think was oh, I had New England, New England beating the Jets, which they did. But but there was a time where they were losing fourteen to seven, and of course New England's not what they once were, and the Jets had won two in a row. So I was kind of sweating there a little bit. But <laughs> so anyway, I, although I don't win any money because what happens is. <clears throat> There were 130 people that made it all the way. So they pick one, you know, to win this stay. I don't really care about this stay, but they pick one. Yeah. And it's based on some tie-breaking rules they have. So I didn't win any, any uh, you know, monetary award, but 130 people. But I, based on the results, I was able to mathematically go back and calculate how many people were in the pool. So 130 made it the whole year. The people who entered the pool was 4,060 <laughs> Jeez. So 4,060 people started this pool. 130 made it 
all the way. And that's kind of unusual. Uh, normally, would not like I said, I'd probably be eliminating week three or four. But so I just had to mention it'll probably never happen again. I'm going to take this this list of all the weekly results and put it in a frame <laughs> and put it somewhere. But uh, an entire year, I had to make 22, 22 picks without a loss. Wow. Not, not, not duplicating any teams. Well, <clears throat> speaking, of, speaking of being eliminated. <laughs> notice, how is, I'm not ta- notice I'm not talking about my fantasy teams at all. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of being eliminated, uh, it's, uh, it's coach hunting season. <laughs> yeah. uh, in full swing, uh, you have a handful, handful of people just uh, changing hands, uh, you know, out on the street looking for work now. Uh, Doug Marone with the Jaguars, Doug Peterson with the Eagles, and Bill O'Brien with the Texans. That's a shocker. Uh, Dan Quinn with the Falcons, another shocker. And then uh, the Lions uh, fire their GM and Matt Patricia. And, of course, the Jets fire Adam Gase and the Chargers uh, let go of Anthony Lynn. Um, all sets of these people, obviously. Their, their team's finishing with absolutely abysmal records. Um, the Eagles only really staying in the hunt for a little while because Dak Prescott got hurt. Because if he had never gotten hurt, it would have been a much more competitive division. Um, that that's very true. But I will tell you, the 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 Dallas Cowboy record when Dak was healthy was abysmal. Yeah, no, it's not always great either. But although, um, although Dak is great, no, he's fantastic. Yeah. Well, you do get to see you get to see Urban Meyer step up to the NFL stage for the Jaguars. Um. I can tell you uh, for a fact that that is not a job I want. <laughs> no, you know I, the Jaguars. You're pretty much starting with nothing, so it's 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 going to be tough. Uh, you don't even have a quarterback. Uh, you really got nothing to build on. And you know, it's I, guess when in, you, I guess in theory, I mean, the Jaguars have the first pick, though. Yeah, but you know you have you have to hit on it. You know, when you get the first pick of the draft, I'd say you get you know if you have. A, Pick number one, two, or three. You you have to hit on it. You know you can't miss. You're going to set your team back. And and that's why. In fact, I, you know we were talking about it before the broadcast. I look at this list of coaches that were fired. And yeah, you're talking about the Lions or, or the Jets or something. This seems to be like a biannual event. You know we fire a coach. <laughs> but the the one team on there that really need to fire their coach and probably their GM too is not on this list, and that's the Bears. <laughs> Well, no, that's a that's a, that's an annual event as well. The not firing, the not changing of the guard. Yeah, I'm, I'm just grateful that they didn't give those guys contract extensions. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's one of those things that it's. Uh, I know you you've harped on this enough times. Is is just playing just good enough to put question marks on people's yeah. faces? You know where, you just don't. You look at it and you go, I don't know if we have something. Well, look at the dilemma they got now. Think about it. And I finished eight and eight. That's a perfect, you know, we don't know. Eight and eight, and they made the playoffs. The boot backed into the playoffs. So they're like, hmm, yeah, maybe we're not that far away, you know. And then plus now look what's going on with, with Trubisky, the quarterback. Mitch Trubisky. 
now they're starting to question again. Well, you know, he played pretty decent those last few weeks. You know, maybe we should keep him around. This kind of nonsense has been going on for years, years, and that's why the Bears are never any good. Well, I mean, the problem is that after that, even after an eight and eight record, I mean, I would have you'd have to point to that Saints game and go, I mean, really, like. I mean, your defense held them in check. And I know the Saints defense has, you know, come into something, but the Bears have an offense. Like, it's been there. It's showed up, at, you know, at times. And their defense held them in check for quite a while. Well, the, the Saints defense held them totally in check. You know, the Bears got that one touchdown. The Saints just gave them a touchdown with no time left. Oh, I meant, I, mean, I mainly meant the Bears defense for them for a while. Oh, for a while. held the Bears in in a in a place where they could do something. Um, yeah, but you know the the Bears. What you have to look at is when the Bears play a, a truly good team, a, a true playoff team, they get blown out. Yeah, you know, like they played the last game of the season against the Packers, and it was really an important game for the Bears. You know, at the time, they they thought they had to win to get in the playoffs, and that. I, I, I kid you not, that was the easiest money I ever made over at Bet Rivers, you know. <laughs> I put a couple of C notes on the Packers, <laughs> even with the point spread. <clears throat> it was never a doubt. I mean, it was like taking candy from a baby. <laughs> this, uh, this is a plug for Bet Rivers. Well, no, I, I mean, I... We have to start taking some... We have to start trying, trying, trying to make some ad money. I was just trying to be factual. I'm not trying to give any... That's where I, that's where I bet my that, that game, but... Well, did you, the, did you, was this, is this the same place you, did you, you made more money on, uh, oh God, what was that game? Um, wasn't the, it wasn't the Cleveland game was, I think it was a different game. <laughs> Crap. It was really recent too. I think oh, it, was, it was the Bears Saints. It was the Bears Saints game, I believe. The, the Bears Saints game. Yeah. That was, that was more easy money. I put a couple of C notes on that. Oh, one, one C note on that one, sir. You, you just follow you, the Bears around betting against the Bears. <laughs> Well, I, I in winning that teams, in winning teams. I was hesitant because it was a big point spread. I think it was, I could be wrong. I think it was a eleven point, eleven point spread, which is you know, Titanic in the NFL. And I did it anyway, you know. Yeah. I put a C note on it, and uh, of course, Saints were winning for most of the game. They were winning by like twenty points or so. And uh, I, and the Saints, if you watch that game, the Saints could have made that lead whatever they wanted. You know, they pretty much called off the dogs the last quarter. So then, of course, they get the ball. The Bears get the ball deep in their territory with, what, a minute and a half left or something. And I said, you watch, they're going to get a touchdown. And the Saints just gave them that touchdown. They just let them, like there was no defense there. They just let them go down the field to kill time. And the thing that saved me is, yeah, the Bears got a touchdown, but there was no time left on the clock. <laughs> See, so, they, if, so they didn't get to kick the extra so point. So they didn't kick the extra point. Now, they, in a regular season, they would because it might have tie-breaking uh, implications at the end of the year. But in the playoffs, of course, they don't because it's a waste of time. So I lucked out. I, they ended up losing by 12. So I won that game. <laughs> but if they had scored with even one second left, and they would have let them kick the extra point and then you know do a kickoff. So it would have been would have been a push. Unless, I thought they'd probably go for two you know, and make it, and then i lose. <laughs> So, you know, after winning the whole game by 19, 20 points, you know, you end up with just give them. A, so that's why you don't re- generally almost never bet with a big point spread in the NFL because there's always garbage time when they can come back. Yeah. But well, I thought I'd give it a chance, but 
but my point of the whole thing is is that it's it's kind of pathetic that you can be so certain of a team getting blown out, even in big games, yeah. a playoff game or a last game of the year, and not not worry that you're going to lose. Well, the majority. Well, the majority of those eight wins uh, are, come against teams that are are nowhere close to having winning records. Um, so it's not a super surprise that they don't. Yeah. Well, they don't the fare well in games that you know. The only really good team matter. they beat. The only good team they beat all year, as you mentioned, is Tampa Bay. They by a yeah. point, I think they beat them. And even that is mostly because Tom Brady had a brain fart at the end of the game. Yeah, he, he had a he had a very very bad game. Um. Well, speaking of some of these transitions with Chicago, um, I know Deshaun Watson's back on the market. It's our white whale. <laughs> or, you know, I guess, well, was, nah, I guess I don't. <laughs> no, don't start. <laughs> you know, we've went over this thing before about, you know, the Bears, so was it four years ago? And, and the, the current GM, Ryan Pace, did this. Yeah. Told nobody about it. Didn't even tell his head coach, who at the time was John Fox, but didn't tell him that, hey, you know what? I'm going to bypass Mr. Watson. I'm going to bypass Mahomes. And I really am salivating over Mr. Biskey. And he actually traded some draft picks to move from the number three slot to the number two overall slot to Victor Biskey. The 49ers gamed him into thinking that maybe they might take Trubisky. Of course, they had no interest in Trubisky at all. Nobody did. Yeah. But they gamed them into thinking that maybe they might, so they got some draft picks to let them move up ahead of them one. And, of course, Trubisky ended up being kind of a middling, you know, up-and-down quarterback. The other two are, are probably going to wind up in the Hall of Fame, you know, 15, 20 years from now. Well, apparently apparently Deshaun Watson has uh, caused some alarm by tweeting about how he likes the Chicago weather. Um, he's a cult of one, evidently. My 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 uh, my main thoughts on that is that it's probably just a just a ploy to get more money out of oh, out of Houston. Absolutely. But absolutely, um, but I, although I wouldn't doubt that he wants out of Houston. I mean, yeah. I can't imagine too much worse than being a quarterback in Houston right now. Well, because, well the only the only thing that they had talked about that I had seriously considered as a thought was based on where the two teams are. Houston and Miami had been talking about a trade for a while. Uh, him and Tua. I'm and not sure why. Why would they trade Watson? Well, I guess unless they're convinced they can't sign him. But why would you trade Watson for Tua? I mean, they're not comparable the, players. I guess the only thought that they had that I the only way I ever thought it made sense was how ready the teams were. Because my thought was, Tua is not fully ready right now. But he could be, in in a in a you know in a rebuilding sense, and their team was really bad this year. New, they're going to have a new coach. They they might need to rebuild. Maybe the timing of having someone like Tua might work better for them. And Miami is there right now. I think honestly, they they'd have been in the playoffs. If COVID hadn't taken Fitzpatrick out of the game, I honestly think Miami would probably have been in the first round of the playoffs. Hmm. So um, I think him not being able to play that last week, you know, defeated Miami. 
And if they had someone like Deshaun Watson, I think they would be an absolute, absolute danger in the AFL, the AFC. No, I, I agree with you. I can see why Miami would want Watson, but why would Houston give up a valuable property like Deshaun Watson for? It could be price. A, it could be a price to rebuild. Yeah. Um, it would be the only thing I, I the only you know, I'm just real thing they, I would think. I'm just thinking that they caught a lot of flack for trading DeAndre Hopkins away. For Johnson, David Johnson. Boy, would they ever get some flack if they got rid of Watson? Well, I guess the problem is when you say, well, we got rid of Watson, I mean maybe you can you can spin that as a as a monetary story and that becomes more on Watson than 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 other people. But anyway, it's all a bunch of speculation <laughs> until the fans the fans don't care about your payroll, let me tell you. Well, no, that's for sure. Uh, unless but, they're unless they're here, and it's not because they're trying to say why they didn't spend money on people in Chicago. We're, yeah. we're usually yelling at them for spending too much money on people. Wait, you I, gave you gave Trubisky thirty million dollars a year. <laughs> why? Well, the, well, they can get Trubisky one more year without worrying about that. But uh, yeah, they're going to have to make that decision very until shortly he, until he holds out. Uh, yeah. He's gonna hold out, all right. He's gonna stage a he's gonna stage a coup for a new contract. I think your analysis is really good though about Miami. Though I think they are already. If they would have had a really finished quarterback like a Watson or even Fitzpatrick, uh, yeah, I think they would have been in the playoffs because the defense played well all year, really well. But they, and they did have a lot of injuries. You know that's something not talked about. But I mean, every week they had multiple running backs who were out with injuries or COVID. They had uh, receivers every week, you know, one or two or more of their key receivers was out, uh, injuries or COVID. So it just was, you know, just a, a tough year. And, and they had a really good record. I think they wound up, I think off the top of my head, I think they were 10 and 6. So yeah, it's just, just, just a, you know, the AFC is a tough mistress to crack um, with having good records, you know. There was a threat, I know, for a while, I think if Miami had won, that there would be an 11-win team that didn't make the playoffs Yeah, in, in the AFC. Whereas the uh, NFC... Well, I believe if they, if they won, if, if they had won, them and Cleveland both winning would have been in. And I'm trying to remember... Well, I think, the I think it was the, the Ravens, Ravens would have been out. It would have been Ravens Ravens out, I think. Was that and maybe the Titans? Am I thinking? Oh, maybe was. Oh, yeah. You know, maybe was. I can't remember. It was either Ravens or Titans, but it was going to be an eleven-win team was going to be out. Yeah, but realistically, is uh, you know, I, I hope I hope we haven't seen the last of Fitzpatrick. The reality is, I think he's he's proven the last couple of years that he can he can still do some dangerous things. And honestly, he's just fun to watch. Oh yeah. Well, somebody will take him. I'm not worried. He won't disappear. Somebody will take him. It's just a matter of. Will he be a starter or a backup? And, you know, what kind of price is somebody willing to pay? Because you're not going to find a true contender probably not going to take him. You know, they don't look him. He's, he's older, quarterback. He's not really viewed as the future. But, yeah, you never know. I'd probably uh, I'd be willing to take him over uh, Cam Newton right now. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Cam was only... He only had a one-year contract with New England, so it'll be fascinating to see what happens with him. Mm-hmm. If, he's, if he goes somewhere else or stays there, what kind of money will he command? Uh, if I recall, his contract was pretty small. I think it was yeah. like three, three million plus incentives uh, with New England. I think it was just a one-year deal. So 
Yeah, that'll be a good story. You're right. Well, I know you wanted to you wanted to unleash un- unleash at least one last thing here with uh, the Blackhawks oh, finally kicking off. Yeah, the mighty Blackhawks, as the song says, they didn't look too mighty last night. <laughs> they uh, only they, in song, only in song. They were sitting here. You know, Diane and I were sitting there with bated breath. Couldn't wait till the opening of the hockey season started last night, and Hawks. Of all teams they had to face, they got to face the Tampa Bay Lightning, the defending Stanley Cup champs. <laughs> and I'll tell you, it seems like, I know it's not true, but it seems to me like every other year, the Hawks always open up in, in the city, whoever won the Stanley Cup. And then we got to sit there <laughs> for 20 minutes and watch them raise that damn flag, you know, <laughs> the championship flag to the rafters. And that's got to be a deflating feeling if you're the visitor. Yeah. That's bad enough. But anyway, they went out, and of course they got they got destroyed five to one. And that was another game that was not as close as the score indicated. <laughs> I mean, it was a complete. It was pretty much a sixty minute power play. It looked like <laughs> for Tampa Bay. And the one hawk goal came kind of a garbage time. It was three minutes left, and a guy accidentally a hawk flipped it from behind the opponent's net and. It it bounced off a defenseman, then it bounced off the goalie's back and went into the net. You know, it was not much, not much threats. So I wouldn't look at the shots on goal in that game. The Hawks' shots were pretty much, you know, toothless. Didn't mean anything. Whereas the Tampa Bay shots were all in dangerous territory. But you now, fairness to the Hawks, they've lost some guys. Uh, Jonathan Taze is out with a, some kind of a mysterious illness, which has sapped his energy and strength. We don't know. He could be out. Who knows? He could be out for a week. He could be out all year. Mysterious illness, huh? Yeah, he's got a mysterious illness. And maybe it's being on the Hawks. I don't know. Uh, of course, <laughs> Seabrook is out. This seems to be, you know, Seabrook, Brent Seabrook has not played a game with the Hawks since December of 2019. So every time we turn around, he's had a couple of surgeries. I know he had hip, hip and shoulder surgery last year. But uh, supposedly, whatever's ailing him now isn't related to those surgeries. So. Uh, there's another another unspecified injury. So Seabrook's out, although he's kind of on the downside of his career. And of course, you don't have uh, Corey Crawford, the goalie, anymore. Um, like Corey, uh, he was a good goalie, but you know, frankly, the last couple of years, I mean, he's missed a ton, missed many months of activity with concussions. So probably did he? Did he? Did he legit retire? Yeah. Well. Yeah. Because he went to another team, and then I thought he just retired. Yeah, he, he retired. He officially retired. Um, so right now we're, we've got Malcolm Subban and Colin Delia, or Delia, I guess, Colin Delia. <laughs> Shows you how good he is. So, uh, you know, we have to hold our breath. Most I, I tell you, a third of the guys on the roster I never even heard of before. So... Um, it's it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a long season. That's all I can say. <laughs> you know, there was a <laughs> you probably you're too young to remember. Actually, it was before my time even. But back in the fifties and early sixties, they had a saying back in the Milwaukee Braves uh, about because they only had a couple good pitchers. So they say, "Oh, it's spawn insane and pray for rain." Well, now it's basically. Patrick Kane and pray for rain. <laughs> well, <laughs> you're going to have to try to explain that before, for for the younger people to start making banners for it. 
Well, basically means there's nobody on the roster other than Patrick Kane. Who's yeah. Really good. Actually, they, you know, in fairness, they, they have Alex DeBrinkett. He had a bad year last year, but uh, he had really good years, two years before. Dominic Kubelik still on the team, second-year man. He had 31 goals last year. He's good. Uh, they have a handful of other guys. Of course, you, you know, you still got uh, Duncan Keith, you know, definitely on the downside of a career, but still playing really well, good player. And there's a few others. They picked up Nikita, Nikita Zadorov. Well, I don't know. He's a Russian, obviously, actually born in Moscow. But <laughs> No, uh, no way. But uh, he's uh, a big guy. This, they got this guy in the trade uh, in the offseason with the Colorado Aval- Avalanche. Uh, they traded Brandon Saad over there, got Nikita Zadorov. Well, this guy is 6'6 and 235. This is a big human being. And he's led the league in hits overall for the last three years. So they're probably trying to toughen they're the Hawks to, up. Trying to, trying to bring uh, John Scott version two well, back to well, Chicago. Well, I don't know if this guy's a big fighter, but where uh, Scott, you know, he'd spend half God, the game in the penalty that was, box. That was uh, probably the, one of the funniest things I'd ever seen in a, in a hockey game was watching a guy uh, throw a punch at John Scott and then try and hold him at arm's length to try and get out of a fight. And Scott basically <laughs> yeah. just bring him in, like you know, it's you know this little midget or whatever. And Scott's basically like, "I can reach you over there. <laughs> you can't stiff arm me. Like I can reach you." That well, that that and that and Kyle Farnsworth tackling that batter <laughs> uh, who charged the mound. Those are probably the two funniest things uh, I've, I've seen on a. Chicago well, yeah. Game. Well, yeah. The hilarious part is the batter you're talking about. At the time was the opposing pitcher. <laughs> so, of all the guys that try to, you know, go after him, it was not advisable. Uh, Farnsworth was a pretty tough customer. Yeah, no. I mean, people should probably know better than that. Well, Scott, just a quick aside. I mean, a couple of quick things. You know, he was uh, never scored much. Obviously, he was there for the the fighting and the, just checking <laughs> toughness, but. <laughs> It's a typical thing. It's going through the rosters, trying to hire people, and all right. So, uh, but I got this guy, John Scott. What's he? Uh, <laughs> well, well, what do we need him for? Fighting. <laughs> <laughs> Sold. <laughs> but yeah, a couple of quick things. I mean, I remember one time near the end of the year, and I don't recall what team it was or the player, but I. I just vaguely remember a few years back that uh, Scott, they just happened to be skating innocently around. And out of the blue, the opponent just came after him, you know, and started swinging. And, of course, Scott pummeled the guy. He was, the other guy was much smaller. <laughs> and he just kind of, you know, palms, palms up, you know, afterwards. He's like, where'd that come from? And I don't think anybody ever did figure out why this guy started the fight. I mean, it wasn't like, because it was near the beginning of the game. It wasn't like there was hard feelings about anything or anything <laughs> that happened. But And the other thing, too, is just this happened just a couple of years ago, I think. Uh, the other players, he actually got somehow miraculously elected to the All-Star game. That was um, that was actually a, um, I believe that was a ploy by the, Le- the Dan Levitard show and um, other people who really pressed um, a lot of their listeners to go to the NHL voting site and um, and they loved Scott's fighting antics and stuff and they wanted him 
to get voted into the All-Star game. And I know it led to like the NHL deciding whether or not they were going to accept the votes. <laughs> yeah. You know, and stuff because it seemed obviously so trolled, you know, to get him there or whatever. And of course, they ended up, oh, it's not usually good to go against your fans. So, no, especially if you're kind of on the fringe like the NHL. I mean, everybody's got to respect their fans, but the NHL uh, at this point really needs some fans. But, you know, the funny part is he ended up being voted the star of the game. But, I was going to say, I, did, I thought he had a couple goals, too, yeah, or something. Yeah, he had several goals. And I, I will say, I mean, I think that the other players were kind of railing around him. They kept feeding him the puck and stuff. You know, I, yeah. I think they wanted him to. I thought he even I thought he well. even got into, like, kind of like a play fight at some point during yeah, the game. Might, like, threw he, down with somebody. But it was obviously like, a, you know, ha-ha, you're John Scott, you know. we got to do this at least once. Yeah, well, that might have happened. I I don't remember every detail about the game. It was a few years back, but uh, so John Scott uh, leaves a kind of a pleasant memory. He wasn't on the Hawks very long. I think only a year and a half or so. But uh, it's just a lot of funny memories relating to Scott. Uh, you know, the Hawks obviously in in the last ten years or so they've they've tried to avoid fights and and because he spent a lot of time in the penalty box and so forth, but. Well, yeah, we'll have to see now with this with this team being potentially as bad as it is. Um, you know, they may need to get the, to be a little more entertaining, but <laughs> but we'll, we'll we're see. just so bad that we're gonna have to start fighting everybody. <laughs> this is gonna look like a game of NHL on uh, on Xbox. Well, it's so different from <laughs> it's so different from the Hawks of maybe you know fifteen twenty years ago or whatever where. It was always they'd always have some fighters on the team in fact, for for decades. You know, we always have some fight. Even good hawk team. I, I remember your your uh, your grandpa Tony coming over. This is probably you know it was either fifteen twenty years ago, but I remember he was uh, watching the, the Hawks in the playoffs against somebody or other, and he was just in a foul mood. And, uh, and I said, oh, "Well, you know what's the matter?" And he's like, "Oh, yeah, I tried to watch that hawk game." And uh, but all they want to do is fight. <laughs> so I'm like, well, that's that was pretty much their mo, you know, for for that year anyway. I remember. <laughs> well, pretty much, it's like a, the the video game NHL is basically just like moment a couple passes of the puck, and then all of a sudden a ref whistle, and watching two guys uh, trying to pull the shirt over each other, and and. <laughs> You're like, all right, time to play some, time to play some <laughs> NHL. Here we go, skate, skate, pass, yeah. and then the camera flips over to two people holding each other and <laughs> taking slugs, and then occasionally yeah. two or three fights break out on the same screen. You uh, know, yeah, well, you're right. I remember that. Well, I was gonna, I was just gonna say that, this, <laughs> or, the or the or the classic, or the classic mezzanine penalty scene that we. Uh, that we we enforced on one of those days. I remember you were over here, and we had about you know we had like four guys in the penalty box or something. We had to build a we had to build yeah. a mezzanine in the in the yeah, penalty box. It's my yeah one of my favorite phrases. That <laughs> I tell people. Oh, anyway, I was going to say about the Hawks. In fairness, to them like I said, they do have some good players, not enough, but. Uh, it's funny. I saw fan reactions. I mean, some were saying, "Oh, they're not going to win a game all year. They're going to be in last place." Blah blah. 
Well, I mean, I, they're not going to go. And there's only 56 games this year. There's not 82 as usual. But uh, they're not going to go. I don't think they're going to go in 56. I mean, I, you're going to have a few nights where the other team is just doesn't show up, and you're going to win a few games. But but uh, I don't think they're going to win a lot of games. And uh, I'll tell you what hurts them, too. Maybe. We'll see. Uh, they've completely changed all the divisions in hockey. It, it, you know, it, it's crazy. But they've completely changed all the divisions radically. So on the, on the good side, now we're in the same division with the Detroit Red Wings, who aren't very good, and plus our natural rivals. The bad news is now we're in the same division with the Tampa Bay Rays, or the Tampa <laughs> Bay Lightning, rather, sorry. Yeah. So we're going to get, instead of playing them two times a year like we used to, we'll have to play them, you know, who knows, umpteen times, because all the games, all 56 games are against division opponents this year. So we're going to be facing them early and often. <laughs> It's not going to be pretty. They were missing their best player, too, by the way, Kucherov. Mm -hmm. He's going to be out probably for the whole year until the playoffs. So it's not like you know they weren't missing anybody. And they had they had salary cap issues, too. They had to get rid of some players. So, But who would have known? I, I, I would close out of the Hawks. I would say, who would know? Five years ago, uh, the Hawks defeated Tampa Bay Lightning in the playoffs to win the Stanley Cup. Who would have thought, you know, five years later, Tampa Bay would be the Stanley Cup champions and, you know, we're fighting for last place probably. Yeah, well, that's why you you have to enjoy, you know, we, we knew while they were taking the three Stanley Cups, you know, we knew we had to enjoy it while it lasted because you, you never know when you're when it's the last time you're going to see it for a while. Well, that is so, that's so true. That's so true, Jay. But all I would say is that the Hawks have done a horrible job in the last five years managing the salary cap where other teams like Tampa Bay, uh, Pittsburgh, uh, and several other teams have done a very good job managing the salary cap. So, you know, I mean, Pittsburgh's been good for, what, 10 years or more now. Uh, so the, the Hawks are shambles. And yet, you know, they just, they just renewed the contract of, of the coach for two years. <laughs> and and the GM, I, I you know, it's it's mm -hmm. mystifying. So it's, we'll see. Well, it's the it's the Chicago story all over again. It's just the the Bears and the Hawks staying in step with each other. If if I, literally if I if I could summarize the entire Chicago sports scene, the major uh, sports, not much to look for. Other unless you're, unless you're a White Sox fan, which you know we're not going to talk about tonight. But the White Sox obviously are skyrocketing upwards. All their rookies, or most of them are panned out. They're all getting better every year. They're going to get some guys back this year they didn't have, uh, especially pitchers. They got one of the guys, Kopech throws over 100 miles an hour. They're going to get him back. So they're looking up. But, uh, you know, the Cubs, they just let Schwerber go. And they trade Chris Bryant. They'll have other uh, casualties, free agent casualties. The Cubs are definitely on their way down. They were lucky to win the division last year. They would not have won it if it wasn't a shortened season of only, what, 60 games. So if you're a Chicago sports fan, unless you, unless you like the White Sox, uh, it's not, not really a good look right now. Of course, the Bulls are horrible. It's a waste of time talking about that. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's not looking good if you're a Chicago sports fan right now. So, mm. Well, to all of our... Chicago area listeners and any other listeners who just happen to accidentally press the play button 
on our <laughs> on our podcast. Um, I'd like to thank you guys for listening to another edition of it. Um, we, I know we don't do it um, super regularly, but hopefully we'll be able to get back on track and certainly be covering stuff to the playoffs and the Super Bowl here. Um, it's kind of my favorite time to be on. Um, hey, can I give you a, a did you know question? Ooh. This is a good um, one. Uh-oh. You have to promise me. I'll have to t- I'll take your word, I guess. You have to promise you won't look this up online. You have to do this from either your memory, either you know it or you don't. But don't look this up anywhere in your phone or computer or anything. But this one, did you know? And and this is and this is gonna be in your field, music. Okay, history, music history. Right. Nowadays we know within the last what, ten, fifteen years, if you're a British mu- musician, I mean everybody and their uncle is getting knighted, actors too. You know, Sir Paul McCartney and and Sir this or Elton John. Everybody is getting knighted, uh, and actors too. I mean, Christ, they've knighted you know, half the James Bond actors have been knighted now. I mean, God, they, they knighted uh, before he died five years ago. They knighted a horror actor, Christopher Lee. So everyone's being knighted. But long before any of those guys, in the music field, do you know who was the first? rock musician to be knighted in the UK. Hmm. And this is also the answer, this may give you a hint, this is also is the same person who actually, of all time, has the third highest selling amount of records in the UK. Obviously, you know, one and two is Elvis and the Beatles. This is the number three man for all time record sales in the UK. So this is a world-famous, huge name, but probably not, not really all that famous in the, in the U.S., surprisingly, which happens a lot with entertainers. They can be huge in Europe or South America even and, and not big necessarily in the U.S., and this is kind of this, this person. Any ideas? To take a guess? No looking up. Are they, is it in, a, I assume they're in a band of sorts. Well, you know what happens when you assume. Yeah. Well. Um, <clears throat> okay, the UK. I have to. Well, I guess am I am I imagining? I'm imagining if they're knighted, they're British. Well, yeah, I, I, I give you that. Yeah, these are all British musicians that are knighted, um, like Ellen John or Paul McCartney or whatever. I think it wasn't Mick Jagger. I think he was knighted, even wasn't he? <laughs> I that's have to possible. Look that up. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past him. Um, used to, well, I'll give you a break. I'll give you an extra minute so you ponder that. But for for years, going back from you know the dawn of time until about twenty years ago, it was very very rare to be knighted as an entertainer. Generally, the only people who got knighted was if you were a Shakespearean actor. There were maybe you know half a dozen. So like Sir Lawrence Olivier. Sir Cedric Hardwick, Sir Ralph Richardson. There's a half a dozen. Uh, there's a couple of, of dames. You know, a dame is the, the equivalent of a sir yeah. in England. There's a couple of those that they essentially were, they don't call them knighthoods, but essentially they were knighted. But for, for a decade, I'm talking about for 100 years, I mean, it was extremely rare to get knighted if you were an entertainer. 
but within the last 20 years, and this is why I was kind of joking around about it, but they've really loosened up. And every time, every time, you know, what they do is every time the Queen has a birthday, they have a big jubilee called the Queen's Birthday Honors. And usually they announce who's going to be knighted. And now, like I say, everything, at the drop of a hat, you know, everybody's been knighted. Uh, if you're an entertainer, British entertainer. Hey, Michael Caine was knighted, okay? Uh, and, of course, I mentioned, you know, like, Sean Connery and, yeah. and uh, you know, and who else? The, um, the right, Saint, so uh, Roger Moore. So I'm thinking it's going to be wrong, but um, Eric Clapton. That's a very good guess. Not not correct, though. Yes. Believe it or not, it's a gentleman by the name of Cliff Richard. Hmm. And Cliff Richard, you're going to say, Dad, I never heard of him before. <laughs> but I will guarantee you, <laughs> after we're done with this podcast, look him up, and you will be amazed. This guy is a monumental star worldwide, just not, not really huge in the U.S., and... and and I bring this up because we tend to, I'm the same way. We all tend to the U.S., we're pretty much like contained to our own little world here, which is different. If you live in Europe, if you live in, in the U.K. or France or Germany, they all know each other's, what's going on in each other's countries, and the entertainers freely go back and forth. But, you know, the U.S., we're pretty much like self-contained. We view ourselves like the whole world. And if if you're not famous here, then you're not famous. Uh, classic example is the Beatles back in back in uh, late '63, early '64. People kept saying, "Why don't you go to the U.S.? You know, you can really get popular." And they said, "We're not going to the U.S. until we have a number one hit in the U.S." And that's what happened. They had "Please Please Me" was became a number one hit, and they said, "Okay, we'll go." And then in February they went on the Ed Sullivan Show, and the rest is history. But Cliff Richard. Uh, you probably don't remember because it was a long time ago. He did have one really huge hit here in the U.S. It was called Devil Woman. So if you if you go to YouTube and you put Devil Woman in there, in fact, he's got you know dozens of songs on YouTube. But if you put Devil Woman in there, you may have heard the song before. You know, playing on oldie stations or whatever. It was a, a huge hit. But Cliff Richard is a monumental star and he's been around forever. He's still alive and is a monumental star. In fact, he started in a movie as early as 1958. Um, you know, he's been around since the uh, the late 50s uh, making hits. And um, that's our, that's our, did you know? Kind of shows you how kind of self-contained we are in the U.S. But Cliff Richard is our, did you know, hmm. star. Well, that's, uh, that's, that's definitely one that I'm, uh, I'm assuming that there are plenty of people who lost that, uh, that questionnaire. No, I, I don't think anybody would get it. Um, yeah, yeah. Say, but he's the, he's the number Apparently, three all-time record sales guy. I see from a quick a quick Wikipedia search that he is the uh, he was supposed to be marketed as the rock and roll bad boy before Elvis. Well, yeah, actually, it was in response to Elvis, and um, you know the problem is is that that's in real life that's not his character. You know, his his character really is to be a, a really like straight laced. You know, honest, you know, clean cut guy. Yeah. And so he tried to, even in the early 60s, he still had kind of that image a little bit, but eventually kind of got out of it. And um, 
But yeah, you should listen to at some point in time you get a chance, maybe tomorrow, to listen, click on Devil Woman on YouTube. That's a great song. Great song. And it's got a bunch of good ones out there. In fact, I will tell you what um move it. Click on move it. Now it's very dated, okay? But early sixties, classic. You may never even have heard of it before. Oh, you couldn't wait, I see, huh? <laughs> But Move It is, is really credited with actually paving the way towards the British invasion. I think it came out in 1962 or so, if I recall, Move It. But that's really kind of like the Stone Age type song that kind of helped pave the way for the, for the British invasion. Cliff, Rich, Cliff Richard and the Drifters? Yeah, they had to change their name because eventually because of the, um, the, the U.S. Drifters. There you go. There, that's move it. <laughs> but if you compare the video to that song versus now, Devil was nineteen seventy six. Yeah. But if you compare the video, I mean, it looks you know, I mean, you can you can recognize him, but he looks completely different. I mean, he's much more clean cut. You know, slightly long hair, but much more clean cut or whatever. It's a Devil Woman, great song though, fantastic song. Yeah, actually, still. You know, it's not really that dated in my mind. Still can listen to it today. Yeah. So I now I'm just well. gonna I'm just gonna hope you don't cut all this out. <laughs> no, no, I can't. I can't now. <laughs> I didn't play enough of either of the song for us to get sued for anything. So, <laughs> so I think we're good. Um, okay. Well, I appreciate. I, just, I, I appreciate really... the. I appreciate the. the uh, did you know? Uh, certainly, uh, everybody now has been introduced to. Uh, some new oldies for them to go out and go out and get on Spotify or you know, both of those are on Spotify, so or go to YouTube if 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 the need be. Um <clears throat> well I wanted to thank uh, everyone and or anyone who listens uh <laughs> to this podcast. Um, um you know I'd love to say we put a ton of work into it, but uh but then I'd be. <laughs> if if I told you it was anything other than off the cuff, back and forth banter, I, you know, I'd, I'd probably be lying or at least overselling the product a little bit. But, uh, oh, but we try to be at least as informed as we can be. That's when we're um, that's when we're at our most fun, our most lovable. We're yeah, just bantering. Exactly. Yeah, really. I should I should just. The name of it should just be banter, but I'm assuming that's I'm assuming that's taken about seventeen hundred times. Um, but yeah, and no, I'd like to appreciate uh, I appreciate everybody for being out there. You can check us on Twitter at Surviving the Ground. I believe it's under the STG podcast. Um, we are on Facebook under Surviving the Ground. Um, good place to catch some funny sports video posts or other information um same thing with twitter uh and we should be able to get a podcast in next week and it should be uh, the three-man crew next week so hopefully we can get bart involved uh, as usual i want to thank my dad for uh making some time here late late night on thursday and um you know it's always it's always a pleasure to back and forth Oh, I, I always look forward to it. And looking forward to next week, too. So let, let's make it happen. All right. Sounds perfect. Well, uh, have a good night, everybody. Bye.